All right, episode 83 of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. Here we go. There is so, so much to get into. This is such a dense time in the sports world, so I say we just jump right into it. Other, I mean, unless, Sam, you have some pressing news that you need to share with everybody. Let's jump in, baby! All right, let's get to it. So... The show, I wanted to hit you guys with a little fast fact, something that I read earlier in the week that I didn't believe in. It, I don't know. I, every time I read it, it still seems like it's wrong, but it's not. So Larry Fitzgerald is second all-time in career receiving yards. Uh, Terrell Owens is third all-time in career receiving yards. And Randy Moss is fourth all-time in career receiving, in career receiving yards. Neither one of them, they never led the NFL in receiving yards in a single season. None of them in their entire career. Hmm. Meanwhile, receivers like Brandon Lloyd and Josh Gordon have led the NFL in receiving yards in a single season. Brandon Lloyd for who? Mm, I don't have the year. Okay, I can can, can look that Right. Sorry. But – I th- I just found it crazy that the second, third, and fourth all-time leaders in career receiving yards never led the NFL in receiving yards in a single season. That one, that was one of the best ones that I had read in a while. Yeah, that's definitely. I mean, for for Larry, it makes sense. I feel like because he ran into Megatron, um, he ran into Julio a little bit. Like, there's definitely some dudes that have been prolific catchers that have been in like bigger and you think about the guys that uh larry's had throwing in the ball too before kurt warner i don't know who and then before kyler murray i don't know who or kirsten palmer in Mm -hmm. the middle of there but like he's not he doesn't have uh tom brady throwing the ball he doesn't have Drew Brees throwing the ball like that's that's an amazing accomplishment and the amount of bad teams he's been on too putting up these these kind of numbers it's just crazy yeah, and then so I got another one for you, and this will transition us into some NCAA tournament talk. Temple has 33 appearances in the NCAA tournament, and in those appearances, they're 33 and 33 in those games. Huh. Temple. Did they they <laughs> didn't thought, make it this year, right? Not, not that I know of. But I just I thought that was I thought that was really interesting. And then another one for you for the NCAA. This is the first time that none of the elite te- the elite team the elite eight teams. I'm talking too fast. This is the first time that none of the elite eight teams are from the original thirteen colonies. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> kind of a random random fact about the NCAA tournament. But I thought that one was funny. And that'll transition us right into some tournament talks. Sam, you know, I'll just I'll just start with a broad question. What have you thought of this NCAA tournament so far? I know we haven't gotten a chance to really dive into it. It's been really, really interesting. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of surprises. I've I've just been really enjoying it as a whole. You know, I think I think the biggest thing is uh I love what the Pac twelve is doing, um, how their teams have just gone out and really represented that conference. The Pac twelve has been probably easily seen as the worst power five conference 
in maybe all sports. And it's just good to see that this this whole conference and all the teams are rising up above their seeding. You see Oregon kick out Iowa. That's a big upset. You see what Oregon State was able to, this was such a magical run for Oregon State as a 12th seed to make it all the way to the uh, the Elite Eight. And then you got USC looks like a big powerhouse that can challenge Gonzaga. UCLA is still shocking teams out there. Like, it's just awesome to see what the Pac-12 and the tournament as a whole, uh, it makes me really weary to make a bracket in years to come because of all the things that have happened. I mean, I had Ohio State making it to the championship and they lost the uh, the first weekend. So, yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. – it's – I think it's oh, – man. I think it is awesome for the sport because I think that is what people want to see. They want to see these no- – they want to see the Oral Roberts make it farther and they want to see, like, the Oregon States make it far and the Loyola Chicago's and um, just these teams that really no one knows about – no one knows a lot about upsetting these bigger teams. But at the same time – I think it would be it, – it might be a better product out there on the on the court if we see, like, the Villanova versus North Carolina games or the Duke versus North Carolina games. Like, I, I don't know. I, I wonder what you think, Jason, about what really is the best thing for the NCAA if they really want all these upsets or they would rather have their bigger teams if – if they had uh, Baylor and Gonzaga make it to the championship. Is that what they want or do they want, like, a – um, like an upset in there to ruin that. I don't know. I guess it would just depend on what kind of story. I, I don't know. So th- that question would would be what, as a viewer, is more intriguing to you? What what storyline does the NCAA want to sell? Because I feel like they could sell both. It would just be a matter of which one would be more entertaining to the public. Do you do you want to see the Blue Bloods? Do you want to see Duke and North Carolina? playing against each other way, way late? Or do you want to be rooting for that Cinderella team, that 11th, that 12th, that 13th seed, maybe to get to the uh, Elite Eight and then the Final Four, and just by some miracle they get to the they get to the very end? Do you want to be rooting for that team? So I guess I guess it would be and – and they can't no, control no, no. it, I'm really. If you, if, you're if you in, have – If you're in yeah. – uh, if you work for the NCAA and you're running a tournament, what are you hoping for? What's the best case scenario for you? If 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 I'm in charge, yeah, or you just were. I I was gonna put you all the way up in a CEO position or in charge of the whole thing. I mean, I, I don't. You're not like the games master or anything, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I think I think I think it'd be good to have a. a I mean, I know it's kind of a cop out answer, but I think you want to mix of both. I think you you want some some one and some twos up there, but then you want something like a UCLA, which is 11 right now. You want them, you want them up there. Maybe a USC at six right now, who's currently playing Gonzaga as we're, as we're filming this right now, it's 11 to four. Gonzaga is winning. Um, And you want an Oral Roberts and you want, um, let's see who else, who else was a, was a really good story. I mean, Oregon Um, State. um... Oregon State was a really good one. But there was oh, North Texas. When, I mean, they won their first round. Um, yeah, but there was a there was a team. Oh, oh it was yeah, there, that was um, it was Loyola. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the thing that was interesting about them was that um, I'm sure you're familiar with the Ken Palm rankings. I have no idea what that is. Okay, never mind then. So um, you have the committee rankings, right? Who ranks all these all these teams? But the Ken Palm rankings are a different ranking that takes into account like just more stats, I believe, and takes into account a gigantic number of data to um, to determine where these teams should be ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me let me read it for you right here. So Ken Ken Palm rankings aren't based on voting, but rather statistical formulas involving past seasons and current players on rosters that came together to form the adjusted efficiency margin for every ranking. I don't really know what that means, but it's basically that adjusted efficiency margin is what Ken Palm uses to rank his teams in fluid rankings throughout the season. Okay. So basically it's just a statistical way to rank the teams Mm -hmm. and Loyola this year, they were ranked eight. So they were one of the, the, uh, they were seated right in the middle, but, Right, but on the Ken Palm rankings, they were actually a top ten team in the country. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Based on all based on all that statistical data, so it that was that was a really interesting story that was circulating around the tournament because you have this team who should not have been an eight seed, and therefore the higher seeded teams that played them shouldn't have been playing them. One. They shouldn't have had that hard of a game. And then two, you know, Loyola should have had easier games because based on those rankings. So it was really, that was a really interesting story. And I think if you're, you know, the NCAA people who are in charge of putting this all together, I think you want, you know, some parity in your, in your tournament. You want, you know, a couple ones and then a couple twos and then a couple lower seeds. I don't, for me, for me, I like it when there's, you know, a one going up against an eight, you know, maybe in the sweet 16 or the elite eight. I know it's cool to see Duke versus North Carolina, which I know they both run in the tournament, but I know it's, let's say this year, I know it would be cool to see Baylor and Gonzaga because they're both ones, but I don't know. I think it's, I think it's cool to, to watch a team ride like, like UCLA to watch a team ride some insane momentum uh, throughout the tournament. I, I think that's what's most interesting mm-hmm. to me. No, I think it's I, de- I think but. it's definitely big for obviously the earlier rounds. You want to see those upsets um, because it just which we had oh plenty. God, of it just them. builds momentum for the whole for the whole entire tournament at that point, and everyone gets involved. But I think because this it's it's the one game, right? You can't you can't lean on other games to prop it up. So like the the opening round, there's so many games that are going on that whole week. I think it's what like four days. No two days for the opening round, I think. So there's so many games going on at that time. You can mask, like, Michigan will cover up for their quality of play that you might not have seen from an Ohio State type of thing, right? So, But it, when it gets to the championship, mm-hmm. if, you're, if it's a blowout, which could happen if it's a number one versus, obviously, if a team gets to a championship, they deserve to be there. But there's still that, that possibility that, it might be a blowout, and it just might not be an entertaining game if Gonzaga goes up against voice crack against a uh, <laughs> against 
Against Oregon State. No, Oregon State lost. Against, uh, well, there's not really any kind of bad teams left. Well, yeah, I get yeah, what you're if saying. You get, if you get like a, a true number one that is just dominated, because Gonzaga has just been dominating this whole tournament, and then they go up against like a team that has fought and clawed, that's been a great story, but then it might let up at the very end. I don't know if you're the NCAA, what you would rather have. Right. It's just a hypothetical question. There's there's nothing they can do about it. Well, the great thing about the tournament, though, is that, you know, it's there's nothing that's certain about this tournament. And it is – I've heard this before. It is, one, the worst way to determine a champion, but it is also the best way, you know? It's the worst way in the sense that the best team does not have a great chance mm-hmm. of winning because, you know, you put, you put Gonzaga – against, you know, a number 16 seed in the first round. I mean, it's one game. It is one game. Gonzaga can have an off night, and they could get beat by a 16. It's happened before. So, but you play that game in a seven-game series, Gonzaga probably comes out and wins. And, it, you know, so it's it may not be the best way to determine the champion, but it also is the best way to determine a champion because there's so much – parody and there's so much drama that can happen with it and it's it's it, that makes it so so much there's there's so many different storylines that can come out of the that can come out of the tournament and it, it's never the same you know you're not going to get the cavaliers versus the warriors three years mm. in a row you know i think i think the best thing about the uh about march madness is you just learn so much about so many teams that you would have never watched otherwise, right? Like you, you learn yeah. about the like different stories about Oral Roberts or about this UCLA team that's gone far. Or Oregon State, how they clawed and won the uh, Pac-12 championship to get into this tournament, and then they end up getting to the Elite Eight. It's like all those things that mm-hmm. that you would have never gone out of your way to watch uh, Colorado Georgetown or. <laughs> Or like BYU UCLA, like you wouldn't you wouldn't just sit down and watch that game, but you do because you made a bracket first off, and you need that win to for bragging rights, and it's it's just puts a spotlight on so many programs. It's such a fun time, right? If you so just hypothetical since we're talking about the tournament, if you could go to one championship game in your lifetime. Would you choose to go to a game seven in the NBA finals? Would you choose to go to the Masters final round? Would you choose to go to a Super Bowl? Would you choose to go to the final game in the NCAA tournament? What would you what what would you decide to go to? Mm-hmm. Masters is tough because you wouldn't be able to you wouldn't really I don't think you're allowed to like move from hole to hole. Like you can't really follow. Right and guarantee you have a good seat. Right. So I think that one's out. Super Bowl would be would be tough. It depends what seat I have, um, because you might not be able to see very well. Um, Let's say you have your ideal seats for all of them. Whatever. Oh, that so I'm like be. fifth row. <laughs> I'm in the lower lower bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think golf's out. Uh, I was thinking tennis, like U.S. Open championship, but. Tennis would be cool. There's, I think all the it has to be like a one-time thing. It can't be like one of four majors, right? Um, for me, 
Um, right. Hockey's out. Baseball. Mm. Oh, World Series. Yeah, Baseball yeah, would be kind of slow. I feel like that that would be out. Uh, I think it's gotta be. It's gotta be bad. It's gotta be one of the basketballs. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go game seven of any NBA finals. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be tough. It'd come down to the the Super Bowl or the the NBA Finals for me, and I definitely think I would choose tennis before I would go watch the Masters for exactly what you said. It would be tough. Like if you can, if you would, if it was like um, like what the PGA Championship was this last year, where there was like no fans at all, and I was guaranteed to like walk with Colin Morikawa his whole final round. That'd be different. That'd be pretty yeah. sick. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah but I don't think it would be like that. Well, we're a closet tennis channel anyway. Yeah, we haven't talked about so. it in a while. I know. It's been a while. We were on a really good streak there for a we long even touch time. On, I don't even think we touched on the U.S. Oh, no. I think the U.S. The US Open you was when it. Djokovic hit that ball, ball girl. I think that was this oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did mention. Yeah. We did talk about that, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, as I mentioned, Gonzaga is playing USC right now. As we're taping this, it is twenty-three to eight. Gonzaga is winning. So, <laughs> so, and then later on, later on in the night, it'll be number one Michigan versus number eleven at UCLA. That'll be that would that was probably going to be the more entertaining game. I think. Um, oh, a lot of people had so USC because USC was playing so well. A lot of people thought they were going to be good. Now, I heard there. I think, I think they are the best defensive team remaining in the tournament, if I remember correctly. So, going up against one of the best offenses. Well, actually, it was the best offense. Yeah, Gonzaga's loaded. So, they're just yeah, they're fun to watch. They are fun to watch. Um, and then so this upcoming Saturday, April third, will be the final four, and then April fifth will be the championship game. So the next time we film, we'll know who won and we'll be able to talk about that. So, all right, so let's move on. Cause we've got a lot more stuff to talk about, especially in the NFL. We Sam, we can start with the, the trades that took place, or we can talk about the expansion. Which one do you want to hit? Let's first? get the, uh, let's get the trades first. All right, let's get the trades in. Like he said, so I've got everything that took place last weekend when it turned when it comes to what happened with the NFL draft order. So here's what happened. It involved three teams and involved Miami, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. So San Francisco has the short list. All they received was the number three overall pick. Right. So Philadelphia received the number twelve overall pick. They received the 123rd overall pick, and they received a 2022 first-round draft pick from Miami. Miami, then, since they had the number three pick, they moved to 12. They originally had 12, and then they swapped back with Philly. So Philly moved back, giving Miami the number Mm -hmm. six overall. They also have the 156th overall. They also have a 2022 first-round pick from San Francisco. They have a 2023 first-round pick from San Francisco. And then they have a 2022 third-round pick. 
from San Francisco. So a lot happening there. But the biggest thing that, but the biggest takeaway from that is San Francisco moving up to number three. And the only reason it would seem that they would be doing that was if they were looking to draft a quarterback. Now, why is this significant? One, they have a quarterback on their roster who at, for the most part, they've seemed committed to, at least verbally. But there was a pro day that happened for two quarterbacks recently. It was Justin Fields and Mac Jones. I believe of the – when we're taping this, I think it was, it was yesterday. I think. Uh, is it today? Oh. Okay. Well, it's either yesterday or today. doesn't matter because the storyline is is that Kyle Shanahan and your guys' yeah, GM, they went down to watch Mac Jones instead of Justin Fields. So you being our resident – 49er fan. I, I think hope it that? doesn't mean that they're going to draft Mac Jones because I think as good as I don't think he's as good of, as a, of an option as Fields right now, and I think uh, Trey Lance has more potential to be better. So I think he would be the worst of the three options that are left, given that Wilson goes to New York and Lawrence goes first. So that is my feeling about it. Uh, also. Um, I think it's I, I think the story coming out that because they went to Alabama's pro day and not Ohio State's that means that they're looking more into Mac Jones and that probably means that they they're thinking more about picking him. But Kyle also he ran a a quarterback camp with his dad. Uh, Sean McVay was a part of it. The Niners OC was a part of it. They ran this camp back in the day. And Justin Fields attended the camp when he was a high schooler, an early college player. So Shanahan knows what Fields brings to the table. The guy knows him. He doesn't have to sit down with him. He had a he had many interactions with Fields. So I think that going to Mac Jones's pro day was more to get to. He was the more unknown player to Shanahan. Shanahan already knows Fields, and I think he also said in a presser yesterday or today that uh, he will get an opportunity to see Justin Fields throw again in person. So that I feel like that's not even that big of a deal. Right. Right. And so everybody, everybody immediately jumped to, or at least it's, I shouldn't say everybody, but it seemed like the, the main, like the biggest reaction that I heard from this decision from Shanahan and, and Lynch to go to Mac Jones's pro day was immediately, oh, well, this means that they're drafting Mac Jones. And that is, that's not the first thought that I had. The first thought that I had was, okay, yeah, that might, that might mean that they're drafting fields, but it also, it also could mean that they just like, maybe, maybe they want to see him in person because they already know what Fields is. Because let's remember, Justin Fields has more tape than Mac Jones. Justin Fields played two full seasons as a starter. Mac Jones Mm. was only one full season as a starter. So Fields actually has more tape. So maybe they actually know what they have in Fields or know or have seen enough on tape from him that they felt it was more important to go watch Mac Jones. 
That could be true. I the only people who actually know what's going on, obviously, is everybody who's running the 49ers right now. But I don't I don't buy into the fact that just because they went to his pro day, that automatically means they're drafting him. It could mean a bunch of different things. So I didn't I didn't like the that everybody was immediately jumping on the you know, oh yeah, San Francisco is definitely taking Mac Jones because that's that's not what that that's not what that means. And just like Sam said, they're gonna be able to get a chance to watch Fields throw later on. Anyway. Yeah, I just I I would cringe to see even you know what I mean, no, like if if they try if they pick up Mac Jones at three when he could have slid. There was no hype for Mac Jones going third. I think the Niners, if they truly if they truly liked him, Mm-mm. I think have been the only team other than the Patriots that were linked to Mac Jones at as like that high thinking of him that highly, right? So why would you trade all the way up to three mm-hmm. for a guy that had buzzed to slide out of the top ten? You might have gotten Mac Jones at twelve. The only reason that he is now projected yeah. to be in the top 10 is because of this move. So I just, I don't see it. I think that is too low hanging right. fruit for people to now project that Mac Jones is going to San Francisco. Do I think Kyle Shanahan likes Mac Jones? Yeah. I mean, he's a, obviously a good player. He balled out last year. Dom came on, talked about him glowingly. I mean, why wouldn't he? Because they just won a national championship. He played, he balled out, but Justin Fields, like you said, dude, he he's started two years now, and he went from beating Clemson in that semifinal game, and everyone was like, holy cow, this guy might go first overall over Trevor Lawrence, to then playing in the championship game while mm-hmm. injured and losing to Alabama, and now his game is getting picked apart by scouts, and all of a sudden he slid past Wilson. I don't – I think – Fields all year has been put ahead of Zach Wilson, put in that conversation as the solid number two. And if he's going to slide out of that second spot because the Jets are going to draft Zach Wilson, who I think Zach Wilson is going to be a good player anyway. But I think you, if you're the Knights, you got to take Justin Fields at three. He's got such a good talent. He, he ran an unofficial 4 4 at his pro day, which is probably mm. more like a four or five at the, <laughs> at the combine, but you know, you know, cause coaches are a little, a little quick with the stopwatch a little bit at the pro days. So I did, they have to, if you make this move, if, if you make this trade, which you trade away your first round pick this year, your first round pick next year, and your first round pick after the year after that to get Mac Jones, who right now is not better than Jimmy G Next year probably isn't better than Jimmy G. That just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think Fields is probably a more step-in play ready than Mac Jones right now. So CBS right now has a mock draft up, and they're projecting quarterbacks one, two, three. So they got Lawrence, which everybody isn't that knows so. Isn't that so that, funny? That's like I forget the draft really starts at two. Draft. Yeah, I know he was the most talked about guy, dude. dude I, okay, so I'm so glad you said that because he has turned into, um, for what 
for whatever reason, what Zion Williamson is this season. Zion is having a phenomenal season, and that dude probably had more hype coming out of any player coming out of college than literally I can remember. Right now, this season, he's averaging 26 points on 62% field goals. He's a field goal percentage. He's a 34.8, so let's just say 35% three-point shooter. He's averaging seven rebounds a game, three assists, pretty much one What's steal, his free throw percentage? and almost one block. He's uh, – that I don't have. I just have the quick stats on him right now. Um, yeah, he's but he's as good as advertised. He is as good as – yeah, he is as good as well, advertised, and nobody's talking year. about him. And De'Aaron Fox is No, better, they're not. So but still, like – well yeah um (laughs) but yeah so trevor lawrence is in for whatever reason kind of like that in the sense that he's got so much hype around him and you know in college and then nobody's talking about him now granted people probably talk about him more in the nfl than people talk about zion in the, the nba but i don't know i think of those two in the same light because they both were had so much attention around them in college, and now Zion is like like zero people talking about him, and then I nobody's mean, been it, talking obviously about Trevor because Jacksonville would be is going to take Trevor Lawrence, right? Like it's just an it's just a done right. deal. So, right. but it's like it's like they're making Zach Wilson out to be the best quarterback of this draft, with what I'm hearing. ESPN is covering his pro day. He's he made that like 60 yard rollout to the left side opposite arm just 60 yard dot right and that playing on loop everyone's saying he's going to be the next Patrick Mahomes but it was it was it's just weird how these guys are getting analyzed so much and they're not even the best quarterback of this draft by like by far Mm -hmm. well it was funny so I don't know if you saw what Lewis Riddick did um with in defense of Sam Darnold. So I thought this was hilarious. I'm looking at it right now. I heard about it, but I didn't see what Lewis had, uh, had put on Twitter. Cause I don't have a Twitter. Um, but that, that throw that Wilson made was, was awesome. That was, that was a, that was a phenomenal throw, but Lewis Riddick put up a tweet that has a throw from Sam Darnold, who ironically happens to be playing against the 49ers, um, is scrambling to his left and literally makes an identical throw to what Zach Wilson did, but it's in game and it went for a touchdown. And it was it, it was as pretty as the one that that Wilson made, except Arnold was actually in game. Like so. Again, one of the things that I've heard about these quarterbacks in this in this draft, and I asked you this question earlier, okay. and I'll ask it to you again, but. Just well, just because you know we have listeners, <laughs> um, but if Sam Darnold, so I've heard from from scouts on ESPN as I've been listening that if Sam Darnold was in this draft, he would be the number two prospect. Ooh. He would be the number two quarterback taken. Um, the, he would he would be graded that highly, and I think it's interesting. Uh, and I won't talk a whole much about Sam Darnold, but I really hope that he gets a chance to go somewhere 
and and sort of resurrect. Not even I don't even want to say resurrect because the situation that he got thrown into was so bad and the, like nobody could have succeeded under the circumstances that he did. And he's shown flashes of being a really good quarterback. And I, I really I really hope that he gets a chance to go somewhere and actually have a start mm-hmm. to his career. And the question that I asked Sam earlier was, you know, would you rather have Sam Darnold than any of the quarterbacks mm-hmm. in this draft? So and no. I'll, I'll ask it to you again. No, because I think he's definitely learned uh Confidence is a little shook. Uh, learned he's turned the ball over. That was the biggest thing with him coming in to the NFL was can he get the turnovers down? And he's shown so far that he hasn't really been able to improve that area. I think I would rather take the unknown assets of Fields, Lance, uh, Wilson, and Lawrence for sure. Over Sam Darnold. But you're right, dude. Sam Darnold, he was literally hailed as the best prospect since Andrew Luck before Trevor Lawrence was. And then the Browns just took Mm -hmm. Baker. I think only the Browns would have taken Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold that year. Because Sam Darnold was so hyped (laughs) coming out of college, coming out of USC and what he was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think he would have been the second because I just think Justin Fields and Zach Wilson has come on so strong. I don't think any other quarterback could have like been stayed in front of him at that point. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Um. So, with that being said, I know we took a big detour from the the mock draft, but CBS has a mock draft up right now, and like a. Like I mentioned, Trevor Lawrence, they have going one, and I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Zach Wilson, they have going two, and again, I don't think He'll be a good player. He'll definitely um, be a good player. I don't think that's a surprise. Yeah. He, uh, and hopefully, hopefully what happened to Sam Darnold doesn't happen to him. The Jets don't look like they're anywhere near the same uh, team that they were when uh, while Darnold was at the helm because they just totally overhauled their staff. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that doesn't happen to him. But at three, they have the 49ers taking Justin Fields, which I do agree. I feel like that would be the right the right thing. And then they also have it for Ooh. Trey Lance going to Atlanta. The first non-quarterback taken, they have been Kyle Pitts. At five? To the Bengals. Mm-hmm. And then Jamar Chase, the wide receiver at six, and then Jalen Waddle going after at seven to Detroit, number eight. I'll just go through the top ten. Number eight would be the offensive mm-hmm. lineman, Penay Sewell from Oregon. The linebacker, Micah Parsons from Penn State at number nine. And then they have Dallas picking uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Sertan at, uh, from Alabama, quarterback. So – that is your mock draft pen from CBS. I'll see if I can pull up an yeah. I'll see if I can pull another so they mock would draft. Have um, one on for Devonte Smith. That's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Yeah. Okay. So I got another one for you. Okay. Right here. Um. Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> 
Um, oh, oh my goodness. Um, okay, so this is it. So this is a different type of um, this is a different type of mock draft. So saying, um, this writer and I'll put her name Cynthia mm-hmm. Freeland is her name. Freeland, I'm going to guess. She says, I am not attempting to predict or divine what teams will actually do on draft day. She says, for this particular file, the model considered current rosters, the market of of remaining free agents, and the 2021 draft prospects. So it sounds like the way that her draft she wrote Mm -hmm. is based off of need, yeah. So this is really interesting. I, I like this. So number one, she has Trevor Lawrence. Number two, she would have the Jets picking an offensive tackle, mm-hmm. Rashawn Slater. Um, number three, they have the they have mm-hmm. San Francisco taking Zach Wilson. Isn't that weird that the Jets Number four, don't need a new quarterback if they have Sam Darnold, but the Niners need a new quarterback if they have Jimmy Garoppolo? How does that make any sense? Maybe it's just taking into account oh, that Garoppolo yes, Sam been Darnold's hurt. been Mr. Uh, sorry, I'm not. I'm not attacking you. I, I just don't make. I don't just. I just don't think that make any sense. That makes any sense. Right. Um, so number four again, they wouldn't have. She wouldn't have a quarterback being taken. She'd have um, an edge rusher, Quiddy hmm. Payne. I don't even know how to say his name. Um, from Michigan. And then number five, offensive tackle, Penny Sewell. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would make sense for Joe Burrow. See, okay, so this one's interesting. So she would have Kyle Pitts going to Miami, which is interesting because Miami mm-hmm. has uh, Gusecki, mm-hmm. who had a really good year last year. But that now Kyle Pitts is – that dude's like, he's not really a tight end. <laughs> he's like a hybrid tight end wide receiver Megatron esque kind of guy. Like you can just line him up anywhere, really. So calling him a tight end is probably to him to a tight end position. But yeah, so she'd still have Detroit taking a wide receiver, have Jamar Chase, but number eight would actually be Trey Lance to Carolina, and nine would be Fields to Denver. Hmm. Now, obviously, oh, that's not so? going to happen. <laughs> no, I don't – we're not going to have the quarterbacks yeah. fall that There's that no far. way that, that the Jets don't draft a quarterback. But, no, no. But that's an interesting way to do the draft. Uh, I like that. I like that. But what I don't like... Who are the Raiders picking? I'll tell you what I don't like. I don't... Um, so then the mocks that I've seen, it's been uh, taking a corner. Okay. Quarterback, which we absolutely need. They they took a bunch of defensive linemen and free agency. They got a linebacker. They're they, not getting an O-line? Um, they didn't do anything to help their secondary. Don't they need all and, new O-linemen? So they just... Uh, so Colton yeah. Miller just got a contract extension. Right, right. He deserves. So he it. got a. Uh, where is it? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. He definitely does. Roseville. Got to give our guy a shout out. Um, the extension is worth up to sixty-eight point seven oh, million we, uh, dollars. Can we call him. So, 
<laughs> Dude, I wish. Hey, Colton, do you remember us? I wish. Uh, you PA'd us the... that one time. We just saw your big contract. Congratulations, man. By the way, oh, I got some, like, surgery charges that I need getting paid for. Um, really expensive <laughs> surgery. So if that's just it, man. I, I don't need anything from you. I just, just wanted to put that out there, you know. But congrats on the, the bunch of money. Um, so I, I got you right here. So Miller was considered um, unmovable because of a steady so – I'm reading right from the NFL, the article. Um, Miller was considered unmovable because of a steady play at age 25. He posted a 72.9 grade on pro football focus, allowing two sacks in 961 oh snaps. He's played 46 games in his three-year career. All of them were starts. He's yeah. He's turned into um, a really good tackle for the Raiders. And I, I honestly, oh, really? I find myself watching him during, during plays. And I, yeah, I just because it's one of those things that's. I didn't know if it was ever going to happen that we were going to know somebody who was in the league, but actually have having, actually, like, having talked to him and spent time with him and having him helped us put up drywall freshman year during that class like it's I, I find myself watching him a lot just because it's like hey you know, <laughs> you know I know it <laughs> um, a little bit or I've I don't actually like you know you and I don't mm-hmm. know him per se he but we've spoken our, to uh, him we've had interactions with him before and <laughs> <laughs> he graded our math papers yeah um and uh my dad does the same thing too he'll watch him and he'll if if uh he does something he'll He'll go it's like, so like he's obviously <laughs> like, like obviously now oh. NFL talent freak. Like he's the size of an NFL lineman for sure. But coming from like, I mean, Rose was obviously oh, yeah. not a football powerhouse, right? So he watching him play. No, our freshman year, watch going to varsity games and seeing him play, and it, you just go down from right to left. You go through the offensive lineman, and they're like. Like, people, if you saw them at school, just, like, in passing period, right, you wouldn't think twice. But then you go all the way down. You go all the way to the left, right? And this dude is a foot taller than everyone else. Probably got 50 pounds on the heaviest guy. Oh, yeah. And if you are walking in class in Sacramento, California, not a big hotbed for athletes, (laughs) and you see him, you are freaking – you're doing a double take. If you see that man, and it's just, it's crazy that he just, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy how the world works that someone can just come from like nowhere and out of nowhere and just achieve at the highest level. Right. So people mm-hmm. always talked about Trent Brown on the Raiders offensive line being this giant behemoth of a human. Well, Trent mm-hmm. Brown is six, eight, three fifty nine. He's six, seven, isn't he? You know what Colton is? Is he really? Did he he's grow? He's six nine. <laughs> he's six. He's six nine. Three twenty eight. He's only thirty pounds lighter than Trent and he's Brown, an and he's an inch taller. <laughs> right? And yeah, he's he he's not like like I don't know why Trent Brown just looks like a big dude. Colton doesn't look like no, he that. doesn't. He like like he doesn't have a gut. That weight really well. I remember. I know. I my it was something that my dad pointed out. Earlier this year, it's like, dude, all of our offensive linemen are fat. And then you have Colton, who just looks like he's taller than everybody else. He's got a little gut, doesn't he? He got a little 
little pudge. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, so congratulations to Colton Miller for signing the contract extension, which will keep him there through 2025. That's awesome. Super happy for him. And hey, super happy gotta, as a Raiders fan. You got to sort out the rest <laughs> of the line. Because he was an absolute wall. <laughs> yeah, they re-signed Richie Incognito, and then they gave uh, Denzel – uh, they gave Denzel good uh, an extension mm-hmm. as well, so they have some pieces from last year. But yeah, we'll see how we'll see how it goes. So, all right, spent a lot of time on the draft, so we'll move on. Mm-hmm. The NFL has expanded has expanded their season to seventeen games. Seventeen games. Now, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into this. So, first, there is something that comes into what this 17th game is. And if you guys are asking the questions, don't worry, we have all the answers. So here you go. (laughs) The regular season, yep, the regular season just got bigger. This is coming right from the NFL. Regular season increases to 17 games, obviously. The length increases to 18 weeks. The added game will feature teams from opposing conferences that finished in the same place within their division the previous okay. season. So what that means would be so this, the Niners know, play a one a seed will play a one seed from a different game. division. Heck yeah! The Niners, you're going to play the Heck Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have the, I have the 17 games. Uh, I have the week 17 schedule right in front of me. Okay. <laughs> but here's here's the thing though. What this mm-hmm. sets up is some awesome games. Week 17. So what this sets up for Week 17 this year, you have Green Bay, Kansas City. Yeah. Seattle, Pittsburgh. Baltimore. That's a good game. And the Rams. The Cardinals and the Browns. Yeah, it's a good game. The Bucks and the Colts. Mm -hmm. Now, we'll see what the Saints are, but the Saints and the Titans. And the Bills in Washington, which that's going to be a really good game. But it's um, it's tough because maybe these teams might just be sitting players. Like if say Kansas City is fifteen and one again next year, they're sitting Mahomes against Aaron Rodgers. So in theory, right. these games look great. Um, but so here's yeah. So we'll we'll see what's happening. Here's the thing, though. They said they were going to increase the increase it to eighteen okay. weeks. They're taking away a preseason game, so there's only going to be three. Hmm. But the mm-hmm. the argument that I heard against this this week was that you are going to have p- players who are going to get injured during these games. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, um, and. The NFL season is so taxing on NFL players as it is. One of the suggestions that I heard is that you think there has to be some sort of trade-off for the players in terms of money, in terms of rest. Um, Like the argument that I heard was, okay, you're asking more of me during the season. You need to ask less of me during the off-season. How are they able to just put this together this year? Well, it's obviously got to do with money. There was an opportunity to make more money. This will definitely make them more money. Just like, just like 
um, myself, I'm assuming well, you're going to be but, watching like, the game did, week 17, they, whatever it may be. Allowed to, um, why didn't they have to go back to collective bargaining and create a new CBA for this? Because doesn't it doesn't it decrease? I don't know. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't decrease the value that these players are getting, but they, it does decrease the value they're getting per game. Right, because then technically you're getting a discount for these players, uh, yeah. right? Because instead of uh, who's the player off the top of my head, mm-hmm. so what? Dak's getting paid forty mil, right? So instead of and Dak signed that contract before this was happening, mm-hmm. and under his understanding and his and his agent's understanding that he'd be playing sixteen games plus preseason and postseason, right? But so right. that that figure of forty million per sixteen. Then once you add the seventeenth, it lowers his like he's he thought he was worth this much per game, but now he is getting paid less per game. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned the collective bargaining agreement. Um so I have I have an article from uh ESPN right here from an NFL reporter. Uh, he's an ESPN uh, staff writer. So here you go. So players agreed to the additional game as part of their 2020 collective bargaining agreement, which gave the league an option to expand as soon as 2021. The preseason will be reduced to four games to three to maintain compliance with the CBA, which limits the total number of preseason regular season games played to 20. There will remain one bye week per team. The season will begin on Thursday night, September 9th. Will end on January 9th, and the Super Bowl um, has been pushed back one week from February 6th to okay. February 13th. Yeah. So then, so I apparently, just, this player, was agreed upon. Say anything. Right. Um, here's the interesting thing, though. I I do think another bye week would be helpful. You know, I mean. If you're going to be playing 17 games, I feel like having two bye weeks would be a good a good trade off. And I think two bye weeks would have been good. Why don't they do um? Why don't 16 they do, week like, schedule? Just a league wide bye week, like what the NBA does with the All Star break. Why don't they yeah. do that for the NFL? Like just give everyone a week off. Or oh, wait, better yet, give them like two weeks. The NFL can't be away for two weeks. Come on. <laughs> Why don't they do that though? Well, I, no, I, I, I yeah, it's I, a good idea. I, I hadn't thought of that. I mean, obviously because TV rights and everything, but <laughs> but if you literally like, it's just one week. It's not that crazy, right? I don't know. Maybe what if you could incorporate like one league wide buy, uh-huh. and then each team also had mm-hmm. a a buy throughout the regular season. Now um, that would be interesting because I feel like you could have, you'd, you'd have to make it. So a team didn't have two weeks straight off, you know? So maybe that would mean that you would have more teams on a buy per week, hmm. um, which I don't know how that would affect TV deals. Cause I don't know if they have to have a certain amount of games being played, but I feel like you could do, you know, like, like you said, like a league-wide bye week, like mm-hmm. week eight or week nine, right smack dab in the middle of the season. And then you also have, you know, maybe like, I don't know, six teams on a bye 
14, whatever the number would mathematically come out to be um, on a certain week. So that way you don't have a team on a bye before the league-wide break. and then. Do you think it's a disadvantage to have break. two weeks off? I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, your conditioning would obviously change a little bit. You can't – I don't think – you wouldn't lose your conditioning, but um, I don't know. Well, I'll just – I mean, you and I were – you and I played sports our entire lives. Would For you football? want two weeks off in the middle of the season? Uh, well, yeah. Well, it's well definitely let's, different for let's go football and then and let's – All the other well, sports that you would play multiple games in a week. Right. Yeah, for basketball, I wouldn't want two weeks off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they do, they they get a week off for basketball. You get the All Star break, right? I but I'm saying I, I I wouldn't want two weeks off. Football, I don't know. There's a lot that goes in, and maybe it's different in the NFL. But there was a lot that went into each week for. Um, I mean, every time that we practiced. Throughout the week, I mean, we were in pads all week, um, except for except for Thursdays, right? Now Mm -hmm. we weren't always full bore contact. Um, And I know the NFL that's their job, so they put in a lot more each each and every day. But um, I can only I can only I think it would just be something that teams relate to at the high school level. But uh. and and coaches, I think it gives players time to. Take like a legit break. Go to Hawaii. Go to the Bahamas. Like take that time off. But then when you come back and you have more time to come back, then you get right back into it. Type of thing, which I think would 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 give yeah. guys a lot of time to reset their well, minds, what and it... recuperate. Yeah, and one of the things too that is um, interesting about this expansion is um, in terms of the way that we Mm -hmm. look at records in the NFL, you know? So Mm -hmm. like the 1000 yard rusher, that might happen a lot more because you have, you may have guys who, you Mm -hmm. know, were initially at, you know, 920 yards a bunch of times, you know, they have one more game to get to a thousand. Maybe they, or the 5,000 yard passer, you know, um, so the way that we look at these records may significantly change some of the record books. I don't know if you put an asterisk next to some of those records and go, oh, well, this, you know, this 500 and, you know, 5,008, 5,000 and what? 5,800 yard season. I was trying to think of a number. Let's say 5,800 yard season happened mm-hmm. once they expanded it to 17 games. But because you could have a player like Mahomes who in that last game throws for five hundred yards. Yeah. Or totally. like four four forty five, something like that. Or Rogers. Same thing. So the way that we look at these records, or like just like Derrick Henry. Think about how many yards he was rushing for last season. He was getting like damn near two hundred a game. So if you give him another game to go for like two hundred, two fifty, you know, some of these records may you know, some of the records that we think may have been untouchable may become extremely reachable. What are you going to do? But is that fair? You know? 
I don't know. Do you do you have do you have to make like a separate record compartmentalize book? what for or who they really? It's like the home run king or whatever. Like people have their own in, interpretations of who is or who they see as the record holder. Right, but on the books there in in NFL history, there will still always be a list of. Who was well, who before has the back most in the day before there was the most rushing yards and teams like the before there was expansion teams and teams added into the league did they play like twelve game seasons and, eight, and so we didn't there were there wasn't like there wasn't like a separate section yeah I think there was fourteen when they upgraded to sixteen so I don't think you would have to really do it it's just it's just how it is I think it is what it is yeah yeah. It's just interesting to think about. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm all in favor of more football, you know? More football is always great for the public. Um, but I do think it would be nice to get, to give the players another buy. I mean, I'm all, in, I'm all in favor of giving the players rest, more time to recover, so that that way they're healthy and they can put the best yeah, give the give the Niners an extra week safe. off, please. You know, so they don't have what happened last year. Please, just please, <laughs> give, just let them stay healthy, man. Right. You don't want you don't want you don't want what happened to the 49ers to happen to the Bucks because the Bucks. Well, what well what I'm saying, if you're a Buccaneers fan, you don't want that to happen because you guys are bringing back all 22 starters. Yes, the Buccaneers are bringing back all 22 starters from their Super Bowl team. Now, they were remarkably healthy last year. Um, Now, now a handful of teams are going to have their season ruined because of this. It always happens, unfortunately. It's just part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. Last year it was the 49ers. So the Bucks are the Bucks there's are another, hoping that another team that doesn't derail their season, which is the question that I have for you. Because the the Niners are not it anymore. They right. <laughs> you know, you know who the most likely candidate is? It's the Jets, because they just had a bunch oh, of staff members from like the that. 49ers come over. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, bad karma is going to come around, and it's going to be the Niners, and it's going to no be the Raiders. You watch, <laughs> like lightning can't strike twice. You'd think not. Not going. Well, I mean, <laughs> I just want to see a full season of Jimmy G. I don't know. We'll see. We shall. <laughs> I I think everybody wants oh. to see that. <laughs> so so I wanted to talk to I you. I mean, about the dude's thing, never right? on the field. Um, Kyle Shanahan had this oh, this presser right, and he's talking about uh, pretty much confirming that they're drafting mm-hmm. a quarterback. Right, everyone knew. Uh, talked about how G- Jimmy was brought up and how he thinks Jimmy's feeling about this, and he was saying that he thinks Jimmy is pissed off, and he hope he's he's pissed off because he plays better when he's pissed off. From your perspective, if you're sitting there. As Kyle Shanahan, mm. what do you tell Jimmy G? Like, what do you want Jimmy G to feel in this situation? Because this is by far the one of the most like uncomfortable situations as a coach that you would probably want to avoid, where you're literally lying to a guy, or you have to be brutally honest and lose him. 
Yeah. And I want to make this analogy real quick. This is like um, Jimmy G is the current girlfriend, and you are going to your current girlfriend and is like, hey, we're together right now, but real soon I'm going to be looking elsewhere. How is that supposed to end well? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you're, I think the right, I think the right course of action is you have, to, if are. you are going to draft a quarterback, yeah. which it appears they're going to. Oh, I think you told I think you have I think you to tell Jimmy. Because... Right, and which I think is the right thing to do because I think that would be less awkward than coming up to him and be like, you know, Jimmy, I'm we're fully in support of you. I'm so ready for this next season, and it's going to be great. I hope you throw 50 <laughs> touchdowns. And then as he walks away, you look at the, you look at your GM and you go, 50 oh. touchdowns well, I don't think for another team. You're not trading that you don't, right now. You don't so. want to <laughs> – Right, but what I mean is is that you just I think I think it would be worse to give him all that confidence and that hype. But isn't that the, isn't go, that what they're doing? Isn't it that they're almost going in half hearted to the season? Because I've I've been here, Colin Coward's been saying with Jimmy? it. Um, different Fox analysts have been saying it that the Niners will go into this year, yeah, start off like hot with Jimmy G, maybe go seven and one, uh, six and two type of thing, and then they'll trade him. They'll flip him, maybe to the Patriots, maybe maybe to another team, right? But why would you? Yeah, exactly. because he's going to have value up. at that point. So why, but why would you ruin a good thing? Like, why would you mess with a good thing at that point? Like, if, I think a football team is such like a brotherhood. You go through camp together, like this is one of the most physically taxing sports in the world. Like you need guys on the same page, like fighting, literally fighting for each other. And then you just cut the head off of the snake in the middle of the year. I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, uh, maybe, well, I'm sitting here trying to think of a good logical answer for it, and I, I don't really think I can come up with one other than maybe you just want to see what you have in fields. But then it's one of those things where it's like, well, if you're mm-hmm. seven and one, Which they will be, yeah. You are seven and one at week eight. Oh, I mean eight and no. I'm sorry, not seven and one. Okay, um, okay. Right. If they are there at that point, then yeah, I mean. I, on the surface, on the surface, it seems like like it would make all the sense in the world to just stick with that and, and keep rolling. And then, if for whatever reason it, it doesn't, if Jimmy would fall anywhere short of a Super Bowl win, if if mm-hmm. that if that is where they truly think that they are, and they're they're in an interesting situation. And somebody made a I was listening to ESPN this week, and somebody made a good point. The 49ers are an interesting team at number three because they're probably heck the yeah. only like complete oh, heck team. Yeah. Right now, in that top ten, right, well, which is not normally the case up. for a team who's drafting they number three. Whole so, <laughs> right, exactly, um, and maybe that's the reason. 
maybe that's the reason they switch to Jimmy because they just traded their whole future for fields. Let's say they draft fields and they want them out there ASAP. But again, Mm-hmm. If they believe that they are a Super Bowl team, they, which I think we can. I have no reason to believe that, that they don't think that. Right. So, assuming they believe that, then if Jimmy brings you anything less than a Super Bowl, then, then maybe then at that point you probably have he, a good if argument. If he wins a Super to Bowl, bring Fields in, Jason, if he, but I don't think you have a good argument if he's ever to win the Super Bowl. Turn back the clock, uh, completes that throw right. to Emmanuel Sanders, and it okay. I can't bring up that, but wins this year's Super Bowl, right? Then what the hell do you do? <laughs> right. You have this guy in Fields that you promised and think is going to be the future of your team, but you just have a guy that won a Super Bowl. Like I think this is a, it's like a no-win situation. Well, at that point you have, no, go ahead. At that point, you have one of two situations because he might at that point have so much value that it just makes sense to trade him. Maybe that future that you just gave up, you get a little bit back. Um, but, yeah, it would be – I mean, that would be the only thing – I mean, how many how many quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl and then been traded the next year? I, that's probably a very short list. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the list doesn't even exist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, if I you want to banter for a second, I can try to look situation that up. That Kyle and John are in, that they put themselves in, by this whole offseason, nothing but Jimmy G is our guy going into the year. Jimmy G is our guy going into the year. Uh, you have players, leaders of this team, and Jimmy is one of the leaders of this team, like George Kittle, uh, Brandon IU, Kyle Juszczyk, Trent Williams, uh, Fred Warner. All these guys are were standing up in defense of Jimmy G in this unifying, like team unifying thing, unifying around this one player. And if you were to like move that player or move on from that player, even benching him, do you then lose the team? I think that is the thing that people aren't considering. Obviously, if Jimmy doesn't play well, but but in the scenario to where they get off to a hot start and they're winning with Jimmy G, it doesn't matter how Jimmy G is playing. If they're winning, then no player on that team is going to be like, oh, yeah, we should move move to fields. No, they're like, holy cow, we're winning. Like, this is awesome. No player thinks like how the media thinks, right? All they care about is winning uh, mm-hmm. and getting theirs sometimes, you know? <laughs> so... I think it's just a it's a very right. dangerous game that this team that is complete has a roster that can make the Super Bowl. They've already made the Super Bowl with the same roster and th- I think this roster is better than that team that made the Super Bowl. Minus Defoe. You know. So, I think it's just it's tough that they're messing right. with this. I think they they think they have to, right? Because Justin Fields is going to be is a better talent than Jimmy G. Uh, he has a brighter, way, way, way higher ceiling than Jimmy Garoppolo has right now, right? So they have to make – they felt like they had to make this uh, – I just think they're playing with – they're playing with fire, man. It could end up bad. It could end up like they're flat on their faces. Yeah. I 
I have no idea why that there's um I have no idea why there's no way that I can find this stat, but it is it seems to not be available for me on Google. <laughs> Um, I don't which know may mean that it doesn't exist. I don't know. <laughs> uh, right. Um, but yeah, I cannot find, at least on Google right now, a list of uh, a quarterback who have won a Super Bowl and then been traded. Um, well, at least in recent history. Because it hasn't happened. It, it hasn't know. happened in a while, I think. Right. Right. So, yeah, if Jimmy does go out and win the Super Bowl, which... Yeah. Which let's let's say let's say uh, you know I know that you know the Buccaneers just won a Super Bowl and the Niners weren't very good last year um, and the NFC just got a lot, a lot better but you know <laughs> the 49ers won the Super Bowl like two years ago <laughs> um, so well actually I should just say because this was one Super Bowl and then the one before that um, but you know so it's not impossible. <laughs> It's not impossible. They've done it before with Jimmy. So the idea that they couldn't do it again is is ludicrous. So if it did happen, then yeah, the 49ers would be in a very interesting situation because they'd have a Super Bowl winning quarterback with a quarterback it's, it's on their roster because they just gave up their future. Sort of like the Philadelphia scenario with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. But Nick Foles was a backup and ended up winning. He wasn't the starter that yeah. was going to supposed to be shipped out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's it's good problems to have. For sure. It's good problems to have. Sure. Can't wait for this year. Mm-hmm. So intriguing. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Um, and man, you know, the NFL has become just yeah, like year the was NBA crazy. in terms of the off season, you know? Like there's just so many storylines, mm-hmm. <laughs> so many storylines, so much drama. Um, and speaking of drama, there was a lot of drama mm. in the NBA recently at the trade deadline. The buyout market, and not only tra- and not only the trade <laughs> deadline, but just yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a thing, which isn't really a thing, but it is a thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So Lamarcus Aldridge goes to Brooklyn. And then Andre Drummond goes to uh-huh. Los Angeles. So the rich get richer. You got Oladipo going to Miami. You got and here's which, by the way, out of all the moves the that got Lisa made, going that was Miami. the best That's one. A big one. <laughs> well, I didn't know he oh, ended up in Miami. Good for him. Where Belly went. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know where he went. I knew he got traded, but I, I didn't right. know. I didn't know where he went. Oh, hey, oh. goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad about that one. <laughs> although, although I tell you what, oh, I would have rather gosh, them have taken Marvin. So low on Marvin. Hopefully, hopefully we get so sad on this Friday or something. I, I feel bad. I really do. I really do, because I wanted it to work, but it's just not. So what are, what are the big time moves? You got a list? It's just not. So, yeah, I think Dude, I think I do, but I had a, I had a question that I wanted to ask you, and I'll, I'll look I'll look for the moves real quick. I will, but let me see if I can find the moves. Okay, so da da da, here they are. Um, okay. 
Okay, so this was five days ago. Uh, so, oh yeah, that's right. He went there too. All right. So we got some good ones for you. Mm-hmm. All right. So the Clippers got Rajon Rondo. That was a big one. That's a big one. The Hawks got Sweet Lou Williams Lou. and two future second round picks. The the Nuggets got better. The Nuggets got better. They got Andrew, yep. Andrew, <laughs> Aaron Gordon, <laughs> Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. The Magic in return got Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton. That's a pretty a good deal for Orlando. First round pick. Because I think Aaron Gordon that was a little over mm-hmm. oversold. Um, I think his 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 value was a, seen a little higher than what he actually was producing. Yeah, but the thing is, is that he but doesn't he does. have to go in there and score like thirty points a game. Yeah, they, they, they a good Gary, defender. Harris. Gary Harris was such a big no, part of that Denver team that um, made them so formidable because he could go off for twenty, and he was that third scorer. Aaron Gordon has yeah. to be that third scorer because Michael Porter Jr. is so inconsistent. Um, well, bottom line, they do have, they do have a really good, uh, starting roster. That Denver roster is uh, really good up front. Um, so the Heat got Victor Oladipo and the Rockets get Avery Bradley, Kelly Olenek in a 2022 first round swap rights. Uh, Bulls get Nikola Vucevic, which that's a good pickup for them. Um, they also got, got they also got Aminu. Al-Faruq. Um, whose name I'm not sure. Yeah, Al-Faruq Aminu. Is that it? That looks it's, that looks exactly Alfred. like it's pronounced, Chief. but so rarely does that happen. He was a he was a big time uh, Portland yeah. Trailblazers player when uh, uh, so the mad rooming, rooming here. So we'd watch Portland games all the time, and Al Farouk Aminu would be on. The, I think I watched more Al Farouk Aminu oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. minutes than I watched Kings minutes that year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the, in return, the Magic get Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., twenty twenty one first round pick and Bulls a twenty twenty three first round pick. Magic got a lot back for that. I think Wendell Carter uh, Jr. Yeah, but the Magic got a, a little lot bit of a, for it. It'll be nice so. to see him in a new place. But how does getting Wendell Carter Jr. help develop Mo Bamba, who you picked fifth, I think, back in the day? Right, that's true. So I I don't know what Orlando does. as right, a Sacramento Kings fan. I don't know what Orlando is doing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the last two was the Mavericks and the Pelicans and then the Blazers and the Raptors. So the Mavericks get J.J. Redick uh, and Nicolo (laughs) Moai. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, Pelicans get uh, James Johnson, Wes Iwundu, (laughs) and uh, 20... I dude, I'm trying. And then 2021 second round pick, and then the last one, Blazers and the Raptors. We should have a segment where we I just read like the craziest names in sports. And you know what? Ninety nine percent of them would be soccer, tennis dude. names. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Norman Powell. Most of the time, I don't really try because I don't want to butcher them really badly. But if we're gonna go in a segment where I Nico, go full butcher, Nicolo Melli. Um, That's gotta be it. Blazers get Norman Powell. Wes e- I right. want to. Dude, that's tough. That was a tough name. I, I honestly didn't. I thought it was going to be someone different yeah. that you just butchered, but I, that was right. tough. Right? <laughs> and the Raptors get uh, Rodney Hood and Gary Trent Jr. Also, 
Oklahoma City now has a projected 34 draft picks over the next seven years, 17 first-rounders and 17 second-rounders. They're just finessing everybody. Oh, by the way, I want you guys to just appreciate um, my amazingness as a basketball mind because I came on here and I've said for the past year of the show that Jokic is the best big man in the league. And right now, he should be okay. the NBA MVP. And I'll tell you why. why. Everyone I'll else tell is you why. You ready for this? You ready for this? So this is oh, from God. six – this is six okay. days ago. This yeah. is stats on Jokic for the Denver Nuggets. You ready? If this if this does not spell well, MVP, MVP for you, MVP I don't know what MVP, does. But you ready? I'm sure the stats will write that out too, right? So – so here we go. Uh-huh. For team team leaders for Denver, you ready? Points, 21.1, Jokic, first. Rebounds, 11.3, Jokic, first. Assist, 8.6, first. Steals, 1.6, first. Field goal percentage, 57.1, first. Three-point percentage, 42.7, first. first. Free throw percentage, 86, <laughs> first. first. Minutes, first. first. <laughs> PER first assist percentage first. He's first in every stat, dude. He's averaging twenty-seven points per game, eleven rebounds, eight assists, one and a half steals. He's shooting fifty-seven percent from the field. He's shooting forty-two percent from the three-point line. He's got the most minutes on his team, dude. He no is the MVP of the league. What are they right now? Fourth. Oh my They're god. Fifth. Uh, yeah, they're in fourth. They're hanging around right there. Let me see. They are twenty-eight and eighteen, and in the standings mm. right now, they are mm. fifth. They are two games behind the Lakers. Interesting. Well, you, you know the problem with that is, you could literally just do the same thing with Luka Doncic. Just go all the way down on Dallas, and he's first, first, first. But you're but you're now bringing up Jokic. I don't get it. I'm just telling you that Jokic. I've said it a hundred times that Jokic is the best Except big man in the league by a mile. Which is so weird because you usually and back guys this year that play defense, and he doesn't play defense very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I. But here's the thing: there, there are only a handful of big men in the league who really anchor down on on defense, and I I think just with Jokic. The amount of things that he does for the team, granted, he's he's kind of a liability on defense. I understand that. But you just don't really see that much anymore in Russell the Westbrook. NBA. The only person who's kind of close to that is – Oh, so about the MVP men. award is just given to big men? I was going to say Embiid. No, I'm. I we were just no, I was specifically talking. Everyone. You said I backed big men who play defense. I was just talking about. Oh, who, oh, who were you going to bring up? I thought you were just specifically talking about big men. I was going to say the only person who's probably close to that right now who does a lot on offense mm, and a lot yeah. on defense as a big man is probably. I think, I think Vucevic. Vucevic actually plays well on defense. I mean, the person who comes to mind is. Go- I think, but. Okay, I've only seen him. The only times I've seen yeah. him is when he plays 
the Kings. So I don't watch Orlando on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't have the offensive numbers that Jokic has, but he's still a really good big man. I mean, right now he's averaging 21 and 9, which is more than serviceable. Vucevic. Why am I on? He's I'm 30 on years old. I thought it was actually 11, a little bit younger than that. Rebounds. Am I, am I going crazy? Mm. Oh, dude. Maybe I have bad stats. I'm on Google right now. I have his. Google's just. Yeah, okay. So (laughs) that's funny. So right now I'm looking at. (laughs) Okay. So Google has him at 21 points and nine rebounds. And now I got ESPN. They have him at 24 points and 11 rebounds. (laughs) That's a big. I wonder if Chicago will do something this year. Would be yeah, nice if the Aaron Kings Fox, had yeah. a, uh, a they don't need anything else. 25 and 10. And Jaren's only averaging point six less than LeBron James. He's only averaging point three less per game than he Devin Booker. And Devin Booker is this, like, held as one of the league's best scorers. I don't get that. So I, I uh, was talking mm-hmm. to, to my... Um, my roommate who doesn't know basketball, he's he's the Laker he's the Laker fan, and um, oh, I was yeah. telling him that De'Aaron deserves oh, to yeah. be an All NBA yeah. player this season if he continues to play as he is, and he was like, no, oh, no yeah. way, he's not like a top ten guard in the NBA, which he only has to be a uh, a top six guard in the NBA for this season. I think he can get there, man. It's a good time to be a Kings fan for this Kings limited part of the year. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, let's just let me let me just you know for those of you who may not be paint, watching, paint a picture. Boxing, let me just paint a picture, Jace. Let me just serenade you with these with these numbers right here. So last five mm. games. So here we go. Mm. March twenty second against Cleveland, thirty points. Oof. Against Atlanta on March twenty fourth, thirty seven points. March 25th, career high against Golden State, 44. Oh, he did it to him again. March 27th against Cleveland again, 36. And then yesterday against the Spurs. Shooters. It's all good. You know, just an easy 24. Also, also, yeah, those five games, percentage-wise, I'll go start from Ooh. the bottom to the top, 56% of the field, 65% of the field. Oh, by the way, in that career high game that he had, yeah, just for went for an easy seventy-two percent from the field, and then again, and he's Cleveland, actually making sixty-two percent from the field, and then you know the other night fifty percent from the field. So you know, he is free throw percentage in those games. The only game that he had that was a downer for the free throw percentage Oof. was against was March twenty-second against Cleveland. He was fifty percent from the line, but other but other than that, the lowest that he's been in, yeah. in the uh, in these five games was eighty percent. So you you which think is good for him. If Marvin is healthy today, do you sit him? Well, I just mm-hmm. love Halliburton in the lineup with Fox. Tyrese is 
turning into like my favorite player on the team. He's so how is that fun that dude gets watch. more? I love everything that he does like, for this team. Interception steals than I think anyone I've ever seen. Like he just reads the floor so well on defense. <laughs> dude, he's crazy. It's, my, it's cra- and he's a rookie. He's only gonna yeah. get better. Hmm. Yeah, he's playing. He's playing so so well. Oh, I I he was. He was the steal can of the he, draft. Can he still? Can he now win rookie he of the year? He was the steal of the draft. Anthony Edwards is making a big push. Oh, Anthony! Yeah. Well, okay. So I, I'm assuming that. Uh, I think he's he's Lamello out. He's still out probably going to get it. I he There's is out, no but way. I still think he's still going to get rookie of the year. He's going to miss like. 30 games. I don't know, man. If he... I'm telling you, if no, he gets it, it no will not here. surprise me. It will not surprise me. One, he's played... I mean, I I understand both sides of it, but again, if he... It, it's one of those things where if he How wins... Can you be that it, it really won't surprise me. If you only play... If he does... Like, 45 games of the year. Well, how can well, I you mean, be in those games? He the was best just, of a he season was... if you only play half of the season. <laughs> well, I don't know, but it might happen. I'm telling you right now, it might happen. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, think about how much, how much the NBA and their social media accounts and how much exposure that he gets. I mean, he gets way more exposure than. Any other rookie, the only uh, rookie that people dude, are Anthony seeing Edwards dunks? is him. And I'm telling you, for that for that reason. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. So his that dunk that he had earlier in the year might have been the best dunk I've ever seen in game. I'm not I'm I'm not even kidding. It would it is in the conversation for the best in game this year in the NBA ever. Probably Probably the most inefficient seventeen yeah, he's a, he's a, he's that you can done. ever see. I mean, he's shooting sub forty percent from the floor, and he's shooting thirty percent from three. But he's getting seventeen somehow. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> his numbers look. Really hey, put up enough shots, they'll eventually, some will eventually fall. You know, just flip the threes. Michael Porter is only averaging sixteen. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Buddy Heald's a bust, dude. Can there they please trade Buddy Heald? Please? I mean, it's obviously too late, but can they get rid of Buddy Heald? <laughs> I'm all in favor of that. Can we put for a package really deal? Good? A package deal, Buddy Heald and Marva Bagley oh, for somebody? Gosh. Yeah. Get, get like, I don't know, you get another, you get a three guard, like a viable three guard. And I'm calling it a three <laughs> guard because it seems like Basketball's gone positionless now, but um, right now yeah, we get, do get a viable number three Gray. that you can plug into the starting rotation. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> um, let me pull up his numbers real quick because um, so Ray, okay, so right now he's average. So Kelly Uber is an interesting uh-huh. he play, he's because a, he's like. He way plays both ways, which Buddy does not. 
Yeah, he plays both ways, which I think, honestly, okay, so looking at his numbers, so 15 points, he got about six rebounds, and he's just, okay, so taking into account the type of player he is, how old is he? He's 25. Okay, so he's definitely, so he's young. Okay, so um, I think with mm-hmm. the emergence of Fox. He's just getting better, dude. And I don't he's even want to say his emergence, game to another because level. if you've been watching him, yeah, right, exactly. So he's just elevating his game. But with him on the floor being the number mm-hmm. one scorer and the number one option, you have Tyrese who's creating for everybody else. I feel like if you plug Ubre in, oh your gosh. defensive efficiency rating has gets no totally bolstered. You have Fox, who's one of the best point guard defenders. You have Tyrese, who's we've yeah, already discussed would... how good of a defender he is. Kelly can guard the best um, ball handler of the other team. If you want to give Fox a little time off, Harrison matches up really well mm-hmm. with big, yeah, bigger uh, forwards. And then Rashawn Holmes Anybody. is a Mr. Placa. Rashawn Holmes is probably the weakest defender in that lineup. The worst defender. Yeah, he's just a little slow. You think? Um, but no, I, I think in a straight up one for one trade, I'd even throw Marvin Bagley in there just for what about? Um, well, I just I'll, I know well, um, I, can, I know Malik Beasley I'll take has some, some, some like tic for Marvin stuff Bagley, he has but, to figure out. But what about Malik Beasley for Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley? <sighs> he's averaging twenty points this year. I don't know him well enough to, um, but you know, back to. Just to end the Ubre thing, I, I would definitely, I would definitely take him over, over Buddy right now because, like I said, your defensive efficiency rating will definitely go up. You have two playmakers at one two with Fox and Halliburton who can create for everybody else. Ubre doesn't have to be the number one option, which he never would be on a team anyway. But um, I think he would serve a, a very, a very good role in that starting lineup in the sense that. You would that starting lineup would be a lineup of anybody anybody at any point can score. You don't you don't have this one dominant figure who has the ball all the time. That would be that would be a fun team to watch mm-hmm. in the sense that I feel like they would just be playing really unselfish basketball, moving around what about, really young what about and this? really I fast. Think it might work yeah, I would love that. I would love the that. position that this one team is in. Jeremy Grant. For Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley. Jeremy Grant of the Detroit Pistons. Let's do a little research, shall we? He might get bought out. So when you're in Detroit, you're <laughs> ne- next season, over, so. next season, he might get bought out. <laughs> Everybody's getting bought out. Everybody gets bought out. Um, 22. So he's averaging... Lengthy defender. Um, yes. But does he play defense? I haven't seen, obviously, because obviously I haven't seen him a lot in you know, Detroit. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's he's, just a thing. He, so he's 27. Yeah. He's 27. A little bit older than Ubre. Um, but I think that's okay. Harrison Barnes I, I don't is know, the same age as Buddy Heels. Barnes old. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> right. 
and yeah huh. um whoa there's an article right here that says Harrison Barnes wow. and Blizzard Beater sparks joy <laughs> Kings pushed to NBA playoffs they might get in the play no. <laughs> I don't think that's happening <laughs> um yeah but so Barnes is 28. It sucks because Jeremy Grant's contract. Uh, and I, I think Jeremy Grant's him contract going, matches so, up pretty well with um, Buddy Heels, though. Um, he signed a three year Ooh. 60 mil. Wait, that's 20 a year? So that's not even bad. Yeah, so Buddy's. Buddy Heald's Heald's cap hit was supposed to be twenty six point four million, including his base salary. Oh no, twenty. Um. Okay, so here we go. Four years, ninety four mil. So average twenty three mil yeah. a year. So yeah, I mean they're kind of this. They're they're kind of similar. No, I think it's just I think it's just funny that. Why were you laughing? Buddy I was Heald trying to do math. That much. <laughs> That's what I was laughing about. Yeah. So you wouldn't yeah. technically be able to put Marvin in that trade because he makes too much. Probably, no. Yeah. Well, I think if you could put together a package deal with Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley, and I don't know, if you want to throw somebody else in there, then fine. Just to get somebody who you can plug <laughs> into that number three spot Brian, in the lineup, Marvin. I think that would be great. Because he shoots... I think Uber is a better three-point shooter. Yeah. Uh, maybe not. No. Regardless, the Kings definitely need to make a move in the offseason to acquire somebody to fit in that spot because I just – I'm tired of – I'm tired of Buddy. I really how did he get worse? Just I don't like, get how we got am, worse I am tired of basketball. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, with the with the rot. Honestly, you look at the Kings' starting lineup, and I know we don't have a lot a lot of time left, but you look at their starting lineup, and you look at Box, you look at Tyrese, Harrison, and Rashawn, and you have honestly, like I feel mm-hmm. like those four together are mm-hmm. players. They're fast. They're good mm-hmm. on. They're good and on. And they defense, can they can shoot. And they're and unselfish the with the floor. basketball. And then you have Buddy, who can shoot. Right, and then you have Buddy, who, who can't dribble, who can shoot, who doesn't play defense, <laughs> who doesn't, who isn't very good at creating his own shot. Yeah, and he's probably the slowest in the lineup. <laughs> One of these yeah, things I would is not trade, like the I would other. Trade Buddy Heels straight up with Kelly <laughs> right now, and Kelly. Oops I mean, Cooper. oh, yeah. I would too, but honestly, I think the Warriors probably would wouldn't do that because I feel and like they they'd, would be bringing on. They would realize they'd be getting worse, like three more years. That too, and they're already paying Draymond Green, which is a shit ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> right, they're playing Draymond Green all the green, you know. <laughs> all right. I think that's all. I think that's all we had to talk about. So. <clears throat> We're hyped for Suicide Squad. I think so too. Um, when when does that come out? We really are. We really are. Um, the trailer was awesome. Holding. 
Yeah, I think um, DC's got hold, please. Got like kind of a momentum. So they got obviously Wonder Woman 18, 1984 wasn't as good as the first one, right? But August sixth. So they got Wonder Woman, which was August sixth. They got Aquaman, <clears throat> which was really successful. Then they followed it up with uh, uh, the Wonder Woman, Ocean's Hand, which was really successful too. They have they only have one dud probably in the last uh, few films, which is really a lot of improvement. Yeah, they've, they've put, mean, they put together a You got the Justice League's Manica, uh, which was something that they were trying um, so hard to not let happen. <clears throat> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. And then it happened, and then the world just exploded. I think there's been like one point five million tweets oh my now. Gosh. Like There's, retweets and restore the Snyder. That's so much money that Warner Brothers would have to put into. It's so sad. A Go, nightmare um, the the a, a DC movie set in the nightmare timeline would be awesome. Look at um watch, watch try to watch some videos of like somewhat people go because he posted like all the plots and all like the storyboards yeah. of all the films. And people like go through them. It was really interesting. Yeah, it would have been it would have been so fun to watch. Yeah, so I I'm actually really happy that I have I am uh, borrowing an HBO Max account because I will be I'll be watching stuff every month that they come out with. Oh yeah, I mean the Godzilla King Kong movies coming out. Um, I believe this week. Um, yeah, it's on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and then it'll be out tomorrow. It'll be out when you guys are listening to this. Go watch Godzilla versus King yeah. Kong right after this. Because <laughs> right this. this episode is sponsored to you by. <laughs> May not be the greatest movie in terms of plot, but that is not why you're watching the movie. <laughs> oh, no, it is for sure a Pacific Rim. Yeah. Like Transformers. Like you were literally just going to sit there and watch some CGI monsters go to work and on each other. That's what made. Pacific Rim, the first one, so fun for me. I call it the dumbest awesome movie ever or the most <laughs> awesome dumb movie ever because if you go into it expecting an amazing movie, you're going to walk out feeling unsatisfied. But if you go into it wanting to see a big robot pick up a cruise ship and use it as a baseball bat on a, mm-hmm. on a monster's face, then you're going to leave exceptionally satisfied. You know what I, you know what I hope doesn't happen? <clears throat> That they spend too much time with the humans. Yeah, I, I don't it's care. called Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah, I don't need a plot. I don't need to. I don't need any reasons why things are happening. Give me some Godzilla growling at King Kong and King Kong growling right back at them. That shot in the trailer. That is, is so that is why I think the King Kong movie was so much better than the first Godzilla movie. Ooh, okay. I think it was, and the first of all, the second Godzilla movie was awesome in terms of the monster fights, but. Um, that first Godzilla movie was underwhelming to me because they had. Didn't they only show him like fifteen minutes? Of the yeah, <laughs> and the King Kong movie, like I felt like he was in every scene, and I was like, "This is amazing! This is exactly and why they made I him came." Giant. Oh, he was huge, and then he's so much bigger <laughs> in this movie too. <laughs> um, he he just he just kept eating while he was away. <laughs> um, he was a baby when in, in uh, Kong Skull Island. Yeah. The thing, the thing that stinks though is that they, in the trailer, they did give away Mecha Godzilla, um, which yeah. kind of stinks. 
I would have liked to have, have waited for that, but oh well. <laughs> so, all right, well, we have gone really long with this episode, but you know what? Um, we were gone for a week, so we had a lot to cover. So thank you all so much for listening, and we are going to try to get some more guests. It's so hard to schedule people with uh, during school, but uh, we'll get some more guests on for you guys. So thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will see you all next week.